It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning. Great to be back with you guest hosting for Sandy. I really appreciate it, Sandy. And so nice to spend the morning talking with everybody around the country. I am president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, the nation's only public interest law firm dedicated totally to election integrity. And you can follow me on Twitter at electionlawctr, electionlawctr. Lots going on today. We're going to cover a host of things from some crazy voicemails from the President of the United States, as well as what's happening in Congress regarding the January 6th and some crazy testimony that rocked ABC, MSNBC, and all the legacy media yesterday. Primetime wall-to-wall coverage. We'll get to that also. Want to hear from you, of course, at 1-888-589-8840. What's on your mind today? But I couldn't help but notice something that gives me a, a little bit of, oh, you know, it's nice to see moment. It's not going to change the world, but it's nice to see about Buzz Lightyear, the new Disney movie. And you all know the story there, how we get more agenda crammed down the throats of our children. I was moving through John F. Kennedy Airport a couple weeks ago. And if you've ever been to that airport in New York and you go from one terminal to the other, there's a long escalator and moving walkway and then another escalator. And the whole thing was filled with videos of Buzz Lightyear and posters hanging from the ceiling. It it was an unbelievable display of in-your-face Disney marketing, making it look like just wholesome fun for the summer and the kiddies. So clearly Disney's spending a lot of money to push this movie. There's all kinds of television ads, all kinds of radio ads, all kinds of print ads everywhere on buses, billboards. And boy, it doesn't seem to be working. Some numbers are in. The Pixar flick Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear went into a nosedive in its second weekend at the box office, dropping more than 60% since it's already underwhelming debut, reports Valerie Richardson at the Washington Times. It earned only $17 million in its debut weekend. It was in fifth place. Third worst second weekend for any Pixar film. So Lightyear is not really working. Now, I wonder why that is. Any ideas? Maybe a bad storyline, maybe uninspiring graphics, or maybe because 
because we're getting shoved stuff from Hollywood. You know, it used to be that that crowd would say, stay out of our bedroom, right? Keep out of our bedroom. Now they kind of want you in there, don't they? I was kind of comfortable. I, I liked the everybody stay out of everybody's bedroom idea, but that's not acceptable. That's not enough anymore. It's, you know, you got to come into our bedroom now. No more staying out. It's it's get inside and, and look around. And maybe that's why light years is tanking and failing. And no matter how much money Disney's spending at JFK Airport and other places around the country, Americans want their kids to go see a movie that lets them be kids. Americans want a movie that lets them just feel joy and not politics. I think that's the difference, and that's why Buzz Lightyear is in, 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 in tanking as far as Disney Pixar movies goes. Okay, overnight, there's some election news, big election news. And, and Sandy Rios has had, has had Mary Miller on this show at least once, maybe more. Mary Miller, congresswoman from the state of Illinois, they had primaries last night. And she defeated another Republican incumbent congressman. Now, you may ask, how is that possible? Well, because the Illinois legislature decided to drop two Republicans, you know, like the Hunger Games, like drop them in the same district and make them fight it out. And that's what happened. Mary Miller, of course, another big win also for Donald Trump, because Donald Trump went to the district and did a big rally with Mary Miller. With most of the vote in, Miller had 57% to Davis's 43%, Rodney Davis, the other Republican. Now, I will tell you that is a thumping. That's a thumping. Now, it wasn't because the mainstream media was out to help Mary Miller. Of course not. We, we, you've been listening long enough to know that that sort of thing doesn't happen. If Mary Miller is endorsed by President Trump, then the mainstream media has to do everything they can to defeat Mary Miller. That's their job. That's what they get paid for. That's their mission in life. So we got to see lots of crazy stuff, like we always do, where Mary Miller said something mistakenly off a teleprompter and every single story you read about Mary Miller will include this this misquote about Roe v. Wade being overturned was good for white America. Every single story. Now, Joe Biden will ask a man uh, who's paralyzed to stand up. Remember that one. And that doesn't ever show up. Oh, and we could go on and on and on about the gaffes of the President of the United States. Everybody knows them. Everybody gives them a pass because most people think that he's becoming senile. But do those things show up in every single article about Joe Biden like they do for Mary Miller? Of course not. Because the people writing those articles, their job is to defend the President, Joe Biden. That's their job. Make no mistake about it. That is their job. That is what their employers expect from them. That is what the owners of their newspapers expect. We're way past the day of objective journalism. And we should just live with it. 
And don't expect them to be impartial because that's not their job. The mainstream legacy media has become a propaganda arm, a paid propaganda arm of the progressive left Democrat Party. That's what they exist for. Now, there are some exceptions to this, of course, few and far between. Pittsburgh Tribune Review, that's one. There's more. But don't have any illusions about what their job is. And so Mary Miller, despite the efforts of the mainstream legacy media to turn her into a cavewoman, defeated Rodney Davis in a Republican primary yesterday and will almost certainly win in November because it's a essentially a plus 13 Republican district. So congratulations, Mary Miller. I'm, I'm sure Sandy or I will have her on this show so you can learn more about what I was just saying. So yesterday, yesterday was a, uh, shall we say, a, a sizzling day. If you go to CNN or MSNBC or any of these other legacy media outlets, you will see that it was a blockbuster, blockbuster testimony up at the J6 hearing. Blockbuster. 25-year-old Cassidy Hutchinson, who apparently worked for Mark Meadows. I'm interested in hearing how she got this job, by the way. If anybody knows, please call in. 1-88-589-8840. 25-year-old Cassidy Hutchinson testified that Donald Trump tried to grab the wheel of the limousine, grab the wheel of the limousine and steer it up to the Capitol so he could lead the mob. That's her testimony. Now, perhaps she was in the limousine, which I find to be unfortunate, and that's mild what I really think. But it turns out that very quickly, the Secret Service has contradicted Cassidy Hutchinson. Now, Cassidy Hutchison is the new hero on the left, right? She's a turncoat. The left, the left loves Republican turncoats. The left loves the principal-free staffers like Cassidy Hutchinson who will testify. Now, something's going on here I want to share with you that's really, really, uh, uh, shall we say, deep statey, but hey, you guys like when I tell you about the Justice Department, because I used to work in the Justice Department. I used to work in the voting section at the DOJ. I used to do and see the swamp up close. And something very swampy is afoot with the Cassidy Hutchison testimony. And you guys are going to be the first people to hear this. Cassidy Hutchison had a lawyer named Stefan Passantino, who I know. I know Stefan. And he's a good lawyer from Atlanta. And he was her lawyer, and she was not testifying about any of this stuff. Maybe because he was telling her. Maybe. This is just speculation. If you say that, it's going to be contradicted by Secret Service agents. Maybe. That's just my hypothesis. Well, Cassidy wants to apparently be famous. Okay? Not content to following her lawyer's advice, she got a new lawyer. Oh, this story is going to get good. Just stay tuned. Cassidy got a new lawyer. And who should Cassidy get as a new lawyer but somebody that I used to work with at the Justice Department? 
who I know and have sat in a room with, named Jody Hunt. Jody Hunt, you might know the name, was Attorney General Jeff Sessions' chief of staff. Now, Jody was not a MAGA lawyer. He wasn't a Trump campaign lawyer. He wasn't even like in the conservative movement. Oh, no, no, no. Jody was a swamp lawyer. Jody worked for the Justice Department, oh, in such credible positions. And the institution is, had, had, he had great respect for the institution. You know, one of these folks, right? He loves the government, the government institutions that our founders warned us about, by the way, lest we become unmoored from our founders. And Jody was a longtime career Justice Department bureaucrat who became Jeff Sessions' chief of staff. And Jody has a great deal of responsibility over the whole idea of appointment of Robert Mueller to investigate Donald Trump. Oh, no conflict there. <laughs> Let's get Cassidy Hutchison on the payroll. Oh, is there a payroll? That's the next question I'd like to raise. Is witness Cassidy Hutchison even paying her lawyer? Is the lawyer doing it for free? Or is a third-party group covering her legal costs? Questions nobody on the J6 committee asked Cassidy, because that's not what they care about. They care about the story that Donald Trump tried to grab the steering wheel of the, of the beast. Have you guys seen the beast? It's that, like, 100-foot-long Cadillac that the president rides around in with, like, six-inch bulletproof bulletproof doors and stuff. Now, my I've seen the beast. I, I've seen the beast up close. Like, I've stood next to the beast. And it, it doesn't seem like the president can reach the steering wheel from the back seat. But that's what Cassie Hutchinson said. I'm Jay Christian Adams. We want to hear from you today. I'm in for Sandy Rios. It's so great to be here. Good morning. I want to take your calls at 1-888-589-8840. 1-888-589-8840. We'll be back more after this with some interesting voicemails from the President of the United States. You're listening to American Family Radio. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Jennifer Moffitt, Undersecretary of Agriculture for Marketing and Regulatory Programs at the Department of Agriculture. She supervises policy development and day-to-day operations at three of the department's agencies. Genesis 9-3 reminds us of God's blessings of food. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Jennifer Moffitt at the USDA. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Dozens of illegal immigrants are losing their lives along the southern border. Many have drowned crossing the Rio Grande River. Others have succumbed to the brutal heat. Just the other day, the bodies of 50 illegals were found stuffed in the back of a tractor trailer. The carnage is just more than anyone can imagine, and it could have been prevented. But the Biden administration's open border policies have turned South Texas into a war zone, using migrants as political pawns. Governor Greg Abbott rightfully placed the blame on President Biden, says he's responsible for the deaths. Senator Ted Cruz wondered exactly how many more people, innocent people, have to die before something is done. But something tells me we really don't want to know the answer to that question. My latest book is an important read, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. You can get a copy at your favorite bookstore and online at toddsterns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. And for Sandy today, it's so great to be joining you. We've been talking about some of the fireworks up on Capitol Hill yesterday and how it is that swamp lawyers like Jody Hunt end up representing somebody like Cassidy Hutchison, who was apparently in the limousine when President Trump tried to grab the wheel, according to her testimony. Now, that's since been refuted by the Secret Service. And so we're left to wonder, um, why is it that stories like that are part of this committee hearing? Why is it that we're getting these outlandish tales as part of this committee? that doesn't seem to have any other people on it except rabid partisans who are interested in smearing everything about Republicans, conservatives, President Trump, and so on. Well, we all know the answer to this because this is how America operates these days. You don't want the other side represented. That's why we have the New York Times. That's why we have USA Today that are, is purging conservatives from their editorial pages and their editorial board, purging them, getting rid of them, 
because we don't want to hear those voices. I want to hear your voice, 1-888-589-8840. What do you have to say about this, about what's happening in the country? Ann, you're in Arkansas. Good morning, Ann. What's on your mind this morning? Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, I've got two, two comments. Um, one is during our local election at the courthouse, um, there was a power outage and they moved to another location. Could that be any kind of a ploy to see? Well, uh, Ann, yeah. what you raise is the topic of election administration. As, as many of you know, I was an attorney at the Justice Department in the voting section uh, for a long time. And I've since been doing nothing but election law at the Public Interest Legal Foundation since then. And you raise the question of what happens when something like the power goes out. And I will tell you, elections are not perfect, okay? They, this is not heaven. Elections have glitches. Uh, a variety of crazy things will occur in an election. I was in a, a one polling place in South Carolina uh, uh, about, oh, heavens now, 16 years ago monitoring something when, when there was a rodent infestation, right? The rats started running around. And we just have to realize that nothing is perfect. And often elections are being conducted in borrowed buildings, uh, sometimes in the middle of nursing homes, uh, you know, where an ambulance might come roaring in. All sorts of crazy things happen. So power goes out sometimes. And I think it's important for for people uh, on the on the shall we say not crazy side of the political spectrum, to recognize that not every single thing that happens in an election that is unusual is part of a plot. I think that's a healthy place to start. The healthier place is to say there might be a reasonable explanation for this sort of thing. Now, when the power goes out in an election and the machines don't work because you know you plug them in. Uh, and these can involve even uh, basic equipment for the check-in workers because they have to have computers usually, then you got to move to a new location. I mean, this is just how it happens. Every election, there's calls around 7 a.m., like when the, when the election starts, about precincts that can't get started. That they, you know, people didn't show up. Uh, there's a, 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 a fuse is blown all kinds of crazy stuff. So I just want to mention that because, um, you know, we, we just need to temper our uh, concerns sometimes. And I don't know the particulars about the one you're talking about, Ann, but I can tell you, as someone who has watched elections for 20 years, do not think that every single thing that goes wrong is part of a, a conspiracy or a plot or something. Uh, it's just, you know, elections are chaotic. That's just how it is. So hope that helps, Ann. Okay. All right. Uh, good morning. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios this morning. We've been talking about the J6 hearings and the testimony from one Cassidy Hutchinson, who appeared yesterday and is the big hero now among the left. Remember, this is somebody who is a staffer for the White House chief of staff. This is someone who worked for Mark Meadows fired or got rid of her old attorney, Stefan Passantino, hired Jody Hunt, who was Jeff Sessions's chief of staff and came from the swamp, essentially a, a, a 20-year bureaucrat, 
And all of a sudden, she's got a wild tale to tell of Donald Trump from the back of the limousine trying to grab the wheel and race the limousine up to Capitol Hill to lead the charge uh, on the counting of the electoral votes. I mean, I'm sorry. The fact that this is taken seriously, I mean, this is not a, a Volkswagen Beetle that the president's riding around in, that he can reach over and grab the steering wheel. If you look at the limousine, if you've ever seen the beast, that's what it's called, the seat for the president is about 12 feet away from the steering wheel and is separated by a massive bank of electronics and glass. So I don't know why no one asked that question yesterday. I don't know why nobody asked the question of Cassidy Hutchison. Why did you change lawyers and does your new lawyer, does your new lawyer have uh, any conflicts in this case and have you waived them? That's what I would have liked to hear. But of course, you're not going to get that. Lee, good morning. You're in Texas. What do you have to say this morning on American Family Radio? Yes, I'm I'm calling because uh, I need a clarification. I mean, he was going to, if he, even if he was going to the Capitol and was even to get off and go in with everybody. I mean, you cannot take over a country with flags and whatever they had. I, yeah, there was some mishaps on the west side of it. But what I want to ask you, what was, what if he really wanted to become a dictator and take over the country? Uh, my thoughts is that he would have had to enact in martial law somewhere down the line earlier. But what's your take on uh, what what are the ways that he can take over the country and what's happening with the J6 committee? Could he actually take over the country by going into the Capitol? Yeah, Let, let's reset this. Just let me let me play the role of interpreter here. There is a man on the J6 committee named Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin is from Maryland. He uh, is interesting to me. I have testified to the House Judiciary Committee in front of Jamie Raskin, and he's the representative who told me he believes non-citizens should be allowed to vote in the United States federal election. So realize Jamie Raskin comes uh, from, you know, the fifth dimension. All right. And I don't just mean the song or the, the musical act. I mean the true fifth dimension. So let me try to translate for everybody who doesn't quite under, fully understand what's happening. These people think that Donald Trump and his lawyers and his staff simply were looking for any way to hold on to power and were cooking up fake legal theories, which is a whole second issue we can address, and were going to the Capitol to disrupt the counting of the electoral votes, and therefore allowing the President of the United States to just remain in office through January 20th. That's their theory, okay? They believe this, by the way. They believe this with all of their heart. It is part of a wild left-wing orthodoxy that goes back 80 years where they think there's always a right-wing mob ready to storm the Reichstag, okay? That, that's just how they think. I knew these people, the Justice Department. They think there's like brown shirts, like hiding in caves all over the country, waiting to take it over and, and you know open up the concentration camps. I am not overstating this, okay? I have heard this from people I worked with at the Justice Department. Now, not the cave part, of course. You guys can sift that out. 
but they think the right wing is ready to have a coup at any moment. And it's only the ACLU and the people who shop at Whole Foods that keep it in check or wear masks when they're walking in the park. Those are the firewalls against the coup. So Jamie Raskin and the J6 committee calls this witness, Cassidy Hutchinson, who is Mark Meadows' chief of staff, or I'm sorry, his, his staffer, Mark Meadows, the, the chief of staff. And she testifies that Trump was trying to get to the Capitol to lead the coup, to you know steer the wheel, the armed mob, send the beasts down Pennsylvania Avenue for Trump to mount the ramparts. That's her version, in my mind, of events. Now, I think it's crazy. I think she's exaggerating. That's my opinion. So can Trump, could any president take over? My answer is no, because we have too many firewalls in place. We have too much of a history in this country of not allowing lawless seizures of power. That's just part of America. We can all celebrate it on the 4th of July. And in fact, the one time we had a lawless seizure of power, Thomas Jefferson and his committee wrote a very detailed document explaining and justifying it. Anybody know the name? Of course you do. It's the Declaration of Independence. That was our lawless seizure of power. It was lawless, make no mistake. Make no mistake about it. At least the law is a man. So we don't have a real history here. This is not South America. This is America. In South America, they have a long history of lawless seizures of power. But in America, we don't. Jerry, you're in Texas. Good morning. You're on American Family Radio. I'm Christian Adams. Well, Mr. Christian Adams, it's a pleasure talking to you. I always enjoy when you sit in for Miss Sandy Rio. I enjoy the show. Thank you. Now, two quick things, and I'll try and be very, very quick. I retired from the military after 20 years as a heavy equipment operator slash Navy diver. And thank you for your I was service. Stationed in Sicily for, thank you. I was stationed, just to make a point of view, stationed in Sicily for two years when I was started off. And on that base in Sicily, the commanding officer of that base is put immediately when they arrive and take over duty on the Mafia's hit list. So the commanding officer of that base gets a armored car when he dri- when he's driven off base. When he's on base, he can drive whatever he wants, do whatever, because he's got armed guard security. Kind of a little bit similar to what the president is. I drove the car. I serviced the car. The windshields are so thick, and it's not even as big as the Beast. And this was in the 90s. But even in the smaller European-made car that they up-armored, there was a separation glass for the driver. It's so tight and small, you can't even maneuver hardly inside the car. So when he's in, he's in. So that's ridiculous to say that he reached for the wheel. I mean, my kids don't even try it in my Suburban. That's my, my first point of view. Second is, didn't somebody named Martha Stewart go to jail for lying under oath to, to Congress and some committee? And as I said, I'm a Navy diver, CB. I'm not a lawyer, but even I understand the Constitution because I've read it. I'm going to go and let you finish up, brother. It's a pleasure. Be blessed. Have a good day. Right. Thank you, Jerry, uh, for, uh, for your, your service and your, your comments. Look, he, he, here's the bottom line of this Cassidy Hutchinson business. First of all, she's being re- hailed as a hero, right? 
you, you, you know, from Fox News and on. It's like, this is the most riveting thing we've ever heard. She was like on, on ABC when they're normally airing uh, courtroom TV show fights between, uh, between uh, uh, you know, people who stole things from each other. But in this particular instance, the Secret Service, according at least here to Breitbart, has a link right now up right now. Secret Service agents who are with Trump are prepared to testify under oath that Trump never attempted to take over the steering wheel of the presidential car or assaulted the agent. Secret Service agents willing to testify under oath that this Cassidy Hutchinson was not telling the truth. Now, of course, that will get huge front-page airplay at the USA Today and on MSNBC News with Lester Holt. Does anybody watch that anymore? I mean, is it on only because you've accidentally left the TV on after the football game? Actually, NBC wouldn't have a football game on Sunday afternoon. But you get the point. Does anybody watch this stuff anymore that isn't half aware? Now, I want to go back to the Cassidy Hutchison lawyer issue because... I know it's very swampy and insider. I was an insider. But I want to say this in simple terms. Cassidy Hutchison was unwilling to give this testimony and did not want to do this while Stefan Passantino was her lawyer. Stefan Passantino is a good lawyer. She got rid of Stefan Passantino, who I know. I know both of these lawyers. And then hired Jody Hunt. Oh, you can read my book and I'll talk about Jody Hunt. The book is called Injustice. It's 11 years old, and Jody's in it. That's Cassidy Hutchinson's lawyer, the new lawyer. After she hired him, she suddenly got the itching to do some talking. Remember, Jody Hunt was a, was a political appointee, SES, during the Holder Justice Department. Eric Holder, and he actually had something to do with the new Black Panther case, which you can read about in my book. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. We'll be back with more of your calls in the crazy Biden voicemail right after this. Weekday mornings at 8 central, Pastor Jeff Shreve offers real truth for today. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. The world around us is rapidly changing, but God and His truth will never change. I may be the host of the show, but I want God's Word and His truth to be the star of the show. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve each weekday morning at 8 central for real truth for today on American Family Radio. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net.
Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the height of a Holy Spirit outpouring in Samaria, where the gospel was being preached with great power and droves of people were converting to follow Christ, the Lord instructed Philip to leave Samaria and head south to Gaza. Philip didn't know what divine appointment awaited him. Through his ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch, the gospel would spread to Africa. He left the crowd to serve one. I call this step-down faith. It's easy to step up for the attention and applause of the masses, but do we have step-down faith? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20. Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Sweden and Finland have just been admitted to NATO, bringing fresh forces and capabilities to bear at a critical moment. And Tom Cruise is uplifting millions of patriotic Americans and others still rooting for our country with his Top Gun sequel, Maverick. That's the good news. The bad news is that the U.S. military that is the backbone of the NATO alliance and that is currently being portrayed so evocatively by Hollywood is in serious trouble. Leading indicators are the dramatic shortfalls in recruitment being experienced at the moment by most of the armed services. Factors like Biden's Afghan debacle, inflation, personal pronouns, the priority given to critical race indoctrination and ideological purges, and forcing out healthy warriors unwilling to take COVID vaccines are destroying readiness, confidence in the uniform leadership and eligible candidates' willingness to serve. Such unforced errors imperil America. This is Frank Afney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, everybody. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios on American Family Radio. I'll be back with you a couple days here and there in the very near future. So it's a real treat to be talking with you, and we're talking about a lot of things that have to do with truth versus fiction. The first, of course, was Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony yesterday to the J6 committee about how President Donald Trump was trying to commandeer the presidential limousine to go with a mob up to Capitol Hill, where she testified that he wanted the mob to be armed with knives and so forth. So some real crazy wild stuff. And 
Remember, she didn't want to testify at first until she changed lawyers. And she got a new lawyer who used to work in the swamp. So that's one bit of truth versus fiction. But I, I, I have another interesting story that involves President Biden's voicemail. Now, it's not often we get to hear an actual voicemail of the president. And you remember, of course, that for years we've been hearing wild decrepit stories about Hunter Biden, the president's son, and his business dealings, and his art, and his benders. All sorts of things about Hunter Biden over the years. And it always seems to have a life of its own, doesn't it? Whether it's the shady dealings in Ukraine, where he becomes a consultant for an oil company, that's like me becoming an arborist. Okay, I don't know anything about trees. I know what they look like. But Hunter Biden becomes a consultant for an oil company. Then he has dealings with China, communist China. He gets paid, of course, millions of dollars from a company in China that's associated with China's spy chief. Now, this should come as no surprise to anybody who knows anything about Chinese politics and global affairs, where one of the ways that the Chinese operate is they always like to, they like to enrich their children. That's the way they circumvent any sort of restrictions or accusations of corruption, is just enrich the kids. So Hunter Biden seems to have imported that business model from China. And a, and a news story appeared about all of these Chinese relationships between Hunter Biden and the communist companies. And there's a voicemail. <laughs> there's a voicemail of President Biden talking about all, all of this. Now, let me set this up. An important point to remember is Joe Biden has said he's never spoken with Hunter at all about these shady business dealings. Remember that. I've never spoken with Hunter about the Chinese relationship. Or that That's something that he would say over and over. Actually, it's probably printed on a report card or on a card that he would hold and read. I never spoke with Hunter about any of these business deals. And that's something he has said over and over and over again. Well, we find out that's not true because we have found out there's a voicemail. You can actually go online and listen to this voicemail. How it is that this is in the public, I don't know. But on the voicemail, President Biden, December of 18, is heard saying that I thought the article released online, it's going to be printed in the Times as good. I think you're clear, says Joe Biden to his son Hunter. I think you're clear. This is after a story about Hunter's relationship with the Chinese spy chief appeared. I think you're clear. Now, President Biden might be able to wiggle through this and say, I never spoke with Hunter. I just left a voicemail. Right? That could be one explanation. See, folks, when you're dealing with this crowd, you have to get them good because they like to wiggle out 
of of language. You know, language is like a free form kind of thing. We're not going to worry too much about precision. You asked me the question, have I ever spoken with Hunter, with Hunter, preposition implying interaction? The answer is no. However, of course, the truth is that it appears that Joe Biden was giving him assessments of media stories regarding Hunter's shady relationships with the Chinese communists. Okay. We can, we can live with that, I suppose, but it sure indicates that you're on top of this issue, big guy. It sure indicates that you know a lot about your son's business model of approaching foreign governments and getting contracts to do nothing, it seems, in my opinion, for millions of dollars. Where do we sign up, Hunter? Can folks in Texas get this gig? Or how about, how about somebody in Arkansas who spent the last 20 years working in a machine shop? Are they able to sign up to get the Chinese Communist Consulting contract? Or is that only you? I think we all know the answer. Because you're selling connections. You're selling access. You're trading off your relationship with the big guy to these foreign regimes. It's good when you're Hunter Biden. Live in large. Lots of drugs. Not sure what kind. Somehow I suspect cocaine is part of it. Lots of wild nights. Turn that stereo up loud and have another. That's Hunter Biden's life. Pour me another glass as he enjoys his million-dollar contracts with foreign governments. Folks, this is nuts. How did we get here? How did we get here? Steve, you're in, looks like, Louisiana. Good morning, Steve. Hello. Hey, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm in Iowa. Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning, Iowa. Yeah, okay. Uh, first, you need to get somebody on there who can give us word-by-word talking points so that we conservatives can talk to the fence sitters. We cannot win in November until we get the fence sitters to come off and see the light and do what's right. Most of the people I talk to, they, they're not specialists. They go, well, what do I say to these people in order to get them to understand what's going on? So like I said, get somebody on there who can give us talking points on how to, how to talk to these people. Well, step one is I would suggest you listen to Sandy Rios in the morning because Sandy has some fantastic uh, talking points, if you will, on explaining a lot of these issues in a way that everybody can understand. So, um, you know, it, look, people understand graft. It's real simple. When you are the son of the president and you're making millions upon millions of dollars from federal, federal government, from foreign governments, and you have extraordinarily open chemical dependencies where it appears that your, your life is like something out of uh, like fast times at Ridgemont High, you really can reach a broad audience with this message. It's access to the big guy. 
What I'm talking about is opening statements when you come to the door and they're already doing something, and you've got to be able to convince them that what you've got to say is more important than what they were doing when they were vacuuming, okay? You know, you've got to have opening statements that we've got to understand and be able to use. We have to be able to answer uh, people when they say, no, we don't agree. And then we have to have closing statements to get them agree to do something, vote. That's what well, I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, let's try this. Carmen in South Carolina has three quick points that she wants to make. Let's see if this might answer your question as to what to do. Good morning, Carmen. Good morning. Thank you so very much for being there for Sandy and for us. Um, I have three points. I want to just say them quickly, and I'll get off the phone. Um, Just points to ponder. When President Obama was leaving the White House, he was in a doorway surrounded by people. He turned around and said to the camera, it's not going to matter who is in the Oval Office because we're so permeated throughout the United States at every level. Those are not his exact word quotes, but that's the gist of what he said. The second thing is, is that when Nancy Pelosi made such a big deal of tearing up the State of the Union speech, which was so wonderful. When she did that and made sure that everybody caught what she was doing after that, it was the burning of cities and tearing down statues and looting and the pandemic, which tried to close down the economy of the United States. The third thing is, on January the 6th, the Republicans did not have a chance to state their cause of what they were talking about, about the election. Because So who benefited on January 6th was the Democrats, not the the Republicans. Right. And a good example of that is Ted Cruz, who I think was virtually on the floor of the uh, 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 Congress when when an all heck broke loose. And he wasn't able to ever complete his discussion about what he thought occurred in the election. Look, you mentioned Barack Obama. Barack Obama, I will submit, is the first president of the United States who grew up and had his formative years disliking the United States. I won't go so far as to say hate. Some of you will. But he's the first president whose formative years were dedicated toward deconstruction of American principles. I don't think Bill Clinton did that. He grew up in Arkansas. He might have gone off to Oxford. I get all that. But Barack Obama was the first one who grew up and went to college and then went to law school thinking about ways why the United States is bad and how to reform it. And I say reform, not in the sense of uh, fix, but rather re-form, which is a much more dangerous thing. So Obama takes office in 08, and he fills the government with lunatics. I was there. Like I said earlier in the show, you can read about it in my book, Injustice. So he fills the government with lunatics lunatics of the highest order. I can rattle their names off and often do in my book. Daniel Freeman, Julie Fernandez, Tom Perez, on and on and on and on. And these people get their sea legs over the next eight years, and they become very potent reformers with a dash, not one word, reform. They want to reform the United States. 
And these people become very potent and very effective and they proliferate. And then they start having high schoolers and college kids. They start multiplying. They, they take the admonition from Genesis and turn it to their own device. They went forth and multiplied in large numbers across the government. And then Trump takes office and the entire administrative state becomes an attack on Donald Trump conservative constitutional populism. All across the government, the EPA, the Census, the Justice Department, Department of Energy, Department of Agriculture employees who stood up during a press conference by the Secretary of Agriculture and turned their back on him. These are employees. They turned their back on the secretary because he wanted to move an office to Kansas City into the real world, you see. So these people who want to reconstitute the United States now have power. They don't like the United States they grew up in. They don't like the United States that Hollywood made fun of, the nuclear family, oh, so worthy of laughs. They wanted something new. Utopian. We've talked about this. We can talk about it again next time I'm on for Sandy Rios in the morning. So these people have power and they still have power. And they're trying to remake the country in their image. And it's a a fight as old as time. Power versus freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been great to be with you this morning. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'll be back again shortly for Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. So nice of you to spend the morning with us here at AFRNet. Take care. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.